Are you exasperated or what? Well, welcome to Effing Argentina, the podcast series, co-hosted by Tom Fox and Greg Greenberg. Greg's the author of Effing Argentina, which explores the current American psyche of being overworked, overleveraged, overtired, and overwhelmed. Find out about modern America's exasperation with, well, exasperation. Today, we're actually going to take up the title chapter of this book, Effing Argentina. So the newest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, a podcast where we unpack some of the current exasperations of American life, from debt to PTAs to new television shows. I'm your co-host, Tom Fox. And I'm Greg Greenberg, the author of Effing Argentina and 10 More Tales of Exasperation. So this season on Effing Argentina, we're talking about exasperation. So each day is nearly impossible to complete a full day without lashing out at some object animate or otherwise, that's causing intense irritation. So in today's episode, we explore exasperation with the country of Argentina, national economies, and the entire global financial order. There you go, Tom. We're taking on a big topic today. And it's actually much bigger than that because I have had that same exasperation on those issues from the legal perspective uh, around Argentina. Greg, uh, this seemed to me to be actually one of the most personal chapters in this book because you've worked in the financial industry. And uh, Argentina has taken a lot of us for a ride for a long time. And they've done that from the financial perspective. They've done that from the legal perspective. The British may think they've done that from the soccer or football perspective. So uh, really, what's the genesis of this chapter? And uh, the hand of God appears here in this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But what is this chapter based on? Is this uh, something in the dark reaches of your history from the financial industry, or is it something else? Well, I read the Wall Street Journal every day, and this was, I think it was last year during the COVID, and there was an article about how uh, BlackRock, which is a major bank, a major financial powerhouse, uh, they were upset because Argentina was not going to pay them back their $500 million that they owed them. And I'm thinking, Argentina has gone bankrupt how many times? I mean, even since I've been alive, maybe five, ten, who knows how many times Argentina has devalued their currency or gone bankrupt. And I'm thinking, hey, BlackRock, why did you lend them money in the first place? Because they always they always go bankrupt and don't pay back their debts. And what I did is I figured, you know something? What if Argentina was a person, BlackRock? You're a major financial powerhouse. And what if Argentina was a person? Would you lend them the money? And I, and I anthropomorphized uh, Argentina, and I turned him into a person who who went up to uh, someone and said, "Hey, can I borrow five hundred million?" And I went about it like that. And it turned out to be a, like a fun little story. But you brought in some other players too. You talked about the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. I think you brought in uh, the World Bank, and uh, as my recollection, Argentina has taken them as well. Uh, why why bring in these other players, and how did they get snookered as much as BlackRock? You know, I don't really know. It just seems as that every few years, Argentina borrows a lot of money, whether it's be from Wall Street banks, who you think will be savvy enough not to lend them anymore, at least lend it to them at exorbitant interest rates so they make sure that Argentina pays without devaluing their currency, or they're going to take money from the World Bank or the IMF. It just seems, though, that if someone knocked on my door, which is what happens in the story, and says, hey, Greg, can I, can I borrow $500 billion I would think twice if it was Argentina. 
So, uh, but as I recall, the uh, the character in the book, whether that was Greg Greenberg, um, BlackRock, or other, was actually going to get their checkbook and was going to give them a personal check. So, uh, but they're stopped by uh, our ever-present wives, who are most usually uh, the voices of reason, rationality, and sanity, certainly when it comes to my wife. Uh, but who's the wife at the end who stops all this nonsense? I think you hit the nail right on the head that the wife or it could be a best friend or it could be someone because me, when I'm going running to get the checkbook and, and give the money to Argentina in, in this particular story, you want to be, you really want to help people out when they're down on their luck. And Argentina, he's rationalizing it. They have a proud history. They win in soccer. They make great stakes, you know, that, that come from the pompous. And he really wants to help this Argentina out. But and he goes to get the checkbook, and there's his wife, which is the voice of, of sanity, as you put it, and said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And that, that kind of sums up the story. But I think it works on a number of different levels, is that when you have these major financial juggernauts like BlackRock or Goldman Sachs, um, people forget that when you they think of them, these, these transactions as being too hard to understand, but when you reduce them to something very simple, like someone knocks on your door and asks for a loan, if they're a bad credit, don't lend them the money. So I think in the financial world, that's called risk management. I may be wrong. That may be a hyper-technical term. But uh, but uh, is that something you actually had to deal with either uh, in your financial analyst role or when you moved over to looking, uh, looking at commentary? Well, as you said, I have a background. I used to work on Lehman Brothers, may it rest in peace. And I worked as a, a commentator and a host on thestreet.com with Jim Cramer. But I think in everyone's life, they've come into uh, a, uh, a, a experience where someone comes to borrow money from them or borrow an item from them, and they have to figure out whether or not they're going to lend it to them. And you have to say, well, I don't know if I want to lend my my lawnmower to, to this particular neighbor because I might not ever get it back or I might get it back damaged. So I, I think it's pretty widespread and it's applicable to a lot of different things. So for our uh, quote, uh, I'm not sure the, the protagonist in our story makes the quote. It frankly, it wasn't clear if this was you or someone else. So I've listed the uh, author as anonymous. But let me read the quote because I want to explore this. It was really an interesting section, I thought, of the story. Quote, for a brief moment, I felt really good about myself. This is not about Argentina, I thought. This was about me being the bigger man. And I would add some pretty big self-righteousness, too. So what was that all about, and how did that fit into the story? Well, I do think that... In the end, if you are BlackRock and you have all this money in the world, or you're a Goldman Sachs, or you're the IMF in the, in the World Bank, when you're dealing with someone who's so down in their luck, whether it be an Argentina or a neighbor or, or someone who's, who's practically begging you for a loan, especially you know, someone who's trying to be proud as they're, they're borrowing from you, um, there's a certain amount of ego that comes into you saying, you know something? Oh, let me give you the money and trying to prove your value because you have the money to give. And uh, it seems as though that's the way in, in the story that the, the lead character is trying to rationalize it. You know something, you know, it's about me being a, a 
a bigger person saying, I don't care about your credit. I think this time you're going to pay me back. I have faith in you. And a lot of times that's you just deluding yourself or BlackRock deluding themselves. So uh, if I could maybe contrast this with a prior episode we looked at, which was your friend Weinberger, which was a type of exasperation we've all experienced, I think, at least anyone with parents, probably anyone who's been a meeting with someone with a cell phone and uh, the modern male dating dance that some of us have gone through over the years. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, that was a very personal story. And you could you could tell that <clears throat> there were real people involved and uh, real emotions and real actions. Here we step back to perhaps a little bit bigger uh, players that you have uh, brought down to the level of someone coming to the front door and asking for $500 billion. Um, is this a story? Is there exasperation in the corporate world that lends itself to effing Argentina or is something else going on? Well, I think in each of the of the, the 11 stories that we're going to discuss, at some point, a character is going to be or say something to the effect of effing Argentina back for another loan. So there's there's exasperation uh, uh, about someone who's always asking for money. So it's, uh, it's always comes back with the same thing. So the exasperation is, oh, effing Argentina, you, well, what do you want now? There, there's the exasperation there. And you see that in each one of the stories there at some point, it could be uh, effing me questions. There's another person who's asking a self-serving question at the PTA meeting. So, and I got to wait and I really want to go home. Ah, effing me questions. So, through the entire book, that really that phrase of exasperation is uh, is central, and that's what that and it ended up being the title of the book. So it really did pay off right there. Rick, I think that's a great way for us to end this episode. Uh, I am Tom Fox. I hope you will join us again for another episode from the book Effing Argentina. Thanks, everybody.